Hey, this is Craig from Applesauce Tears. You're listening to WWVU. When it comes to making plans, you are the best. What about those round trips, which are perfect on your way there and perfect on your way back? Or those meetings with friends, surprise parties, camps, birthdays. The same way you plan for the important moments, start planning to protect you and your loved ones from a natural disaster. Sign up for local weather and emergency alerts. Prepare an emergency kit and make a family communications plan. Get started at ready.gov plan. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. March 22nd marks WVU's annual Day of Giving, a day to financially show your love to various student and university organizations. So why not take the time to help out U92 the Moose? Your generous donations go to providing more opportunities to prepare student broadcasters for a constantly changing media landscape. On top of this, we aim to renovate the building that houses all of WVU student media. All thanks to your contributions. Care to give to the moose? Go to u92themoose.com and click Donate Here. Baseball season is back on U92. Catch every home game on 91.7 with coverage starting a half an hour before first pitch. you got to put the ball in play. 0-2. He does put the ball in play. There down the right field line. One run is in. Two runs are in. Abernathy being waved home. There is no throw at the plate. It's a double from Dane Leonard. A three-run double. With great non-conference series against the likes of Penn State, Xavier, Pitt, and Marshall, you do not want to miss this season. Smith ready. The 1-2. Swing and a miss again. Smith gets out of it. He inherits two runners and no outs and strands both of them at second and third. Join the sports staff as they cover the Mountaineers series for the Big 12 Conference this spring, right here on U92 with the Moose. That's the ball game. West Virginia takes down number 18, Texas in Morgantown. What's poppin', what's poppin', everybody? I'm Mike. I'm Brian. And this is Hoopin' with Mike and Brian, a sports podcast where we talk everything hoops, giving insight, giving our own opinion about the basketball world. Right? Yeah, we're out on all platforms, as we know. And along with that, make sure you subscribe to our socials. Uh, on YouTube, we are at Hoopin' with Mike and Brian. On Instagram, we're at Hoopin.mb. On TikTok, we're also at Hoopin.mb. And then on Twitter, we're at Hoopin underscore MB. Yeah. Keep hoopin'. From West Virginia University, this is U92. It's now time to beat the clock on U92 The Moose. Talking sports for the next two hours, here's the team. Welcome in, it's Beat the Clock. Good Lord, was it hard to do that today, fellas, and Anissa. Well, some people follow how much water to put in their mac and cheese. Others don't. Six all right? cups? I feel like that's a lot for one measly box. What are you going to do? I don't know. Call Kraft and tell them. I'm yeah, not the I one who made the box. <laughs> I, can't say the, I can't say the full saying on air. Good Lord. But, I mean, I'm positive. That kind of sounded a little negative. It's America. American dream, baby. I don't smile. But I but. feel like you should be able to dream as many things as you want, you know? I'm very sore this morning. <laughs> I'm very, very sore. 
Are your mornings boring? Well, they're not going to be anymore. U92's all-new sports show, Beat the Clock, is Monday and Friday mornings on U92, 7 to 9 a.m. Wake up and beat the clock with the sports staff. Can't beat the clock? Well, then you're going to have to find it as a podcast. Search the sports page on your preferred podcast platform where it's paired up with U92's Wednesday night show, The Sports Page. Wednesday night, 6 to 10 on U92. Join us then as we talk about everything in the sports world. There's always great laughs and fantastic discussion. Beat the clock and the sports page. Find out more at U92TheMoose.com. Welcome in to Beat the Clock. Different voice, same name. I'm Tanner Mounts. Uh, today it's just me, Brian McQuillan, and Anissa. Uh, you know, Tanner Lambert and Sh- Sean Tansky not here today. Beat but the clock. Didn't beat the clock, you know. Kind of understanding, though. You know, they kind of they gave us reasons. Yeah, they, so. got, they got reasons. That was clean, though. Different, uh, same name, different voice. Hey, yeah, you know. I like that. It's the, it, it's, the, it's the Tanners, man. The Tanners, man. Yeah, I, I was talking with some of the people uh, we did. I went to the Decide Day thing, for uh-huh. like spoke for United 2. A bunch of the DA people, they uh-huh. instantly, they heard the name Tanner. They're like, oh. The <laughs> girl was like, no, no. We're completely total different people. You're the real Tanner, though. I mean... <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to claim that. I, I won't claim that, but right. you know, I appreciate that. Of course, I, I hope he's listening right now. <laughs> I hope he's not. yeah, he's definitely not. But uh, Tanner, if you are listening, feel better. It's a little a little ill right now, so feel a little better, man. Yeah. But you know, we'll jump right into Xavier and West Virginia and that series over the weekend. They fell eight to three yesterday, but they were able to win two of the three games out of the series, including a walk off. Uh, in the first matchup on Friday, winning five to four, winning seven to two, then Saturday as well, where JJ Weatherholt really had himself a game, and then kind of struggled to get the bats going yesterday and letting up a grand slam uh, will not really help you when it comes to wins. I know Anissa, you were there for. Were you there for all three games? Yeah, I was. I uh, called the first game. I took photos for the second game, and I was at the third game for pleasure, but it really wasn't pleasurable watching that. <laughs> Yeah, it was a long game there, uh, Sunday or yesterday afternoon at Wagner Field. But, um, you know, winning two out of three against a quality opponent and a power, or not a power fives there in the Big East, but, um, you know, a major program like Xavier, that's something that this Mountaineers team can hang their hat on moving forward for sure. Um you guys have any thoughts on the series, the games? I mean, J.J. Weatherholt, the second game, had himself a day. Um, I mean, we could break it down game by game because all three games had their pros and their cons. I mean, the first game, the Mountaineers kind of worked themselves into a little bit of trouble. You had uh, Aiden Major starting, and he he did pretty good. You know, he only let up one run in the third inning, and then I think there was a couple of homers. Yeah, so Dowdell yeah, drove in McCormick one run. McCormick homered yeah. into right field. That was a two-run in the sixth inning, and I believe that's what almost gave Xavier. That's what tied them, actually. Yeah. And yeah, then Xavier seventh inning, Braden Berry grounded out. was a sacrifice bunt. Tevin Tucker advanced. Dowdell scored. Gave Mountaineers a lead. Then McCormick, again, tied it up by singling to left field. And then the J.J. Weatherholt walk-off, which was definitely needed. I mean, they put um, a pinch runner in. They put Trey Keels in, who is, if you've seen him on the bases, he flies around. So it was definitely a smart move for them to put Trey Keels in to pinch run on um, 
He was on second. Tevin Tucker was just behind him. So it was a nice walk-off for them. Um, it was a rainy day. It was that game that, you know, it was supposed to start at 2. Uh, or supposed to start at 1, excuse me. Then it got moved to 2 because the original time was 6.30. So it just got pushed up. It was just a wacky day. But I'm glad that it worked out in the end for them. Yeah, and J.J. Weatherholt was able to continue that success over into Saturday where he had maybe his best game of the season so far, um, which... The fact that we're even saying maybe speaks to how good his season's been. He went four for five at the plate, three RBIs, three runs, including a three-run shot to left center. Uh, that was a no-doubter that really basically put the game out of reach in the eighth inning there, putting him up 6-2, to two, uh, and Xavier was not able to score after that, and West Virginia won it 7-2. to two. Uh, So J.J. Weatherholt has been fantastic so you know saying a four for five game three rbis three runs might be his best game of the season just speaks to how well he's done well it was good because that like so the mountaineers and xavier were kind of teetering that entire game it was kind of back and forth and his home run kind of sealed the victory for them like he closed it out and it was well needed again and then you had Braden barry who home run who hit a home run in the eighth inning which also kind of sealed it for them as well i mean Xavier really wasn't coming back from that. They weren't... I believe they went back-to-back, if I'm not yes, mistaken. Yeah, they did. Yep. Which, that was... It was pretty cool, because, you know, you're getting Tevin Tucker coming around the bases, jumping up and down. You have Landon Wallace standing at home plate. Like, they're all screaming at each other. Like, happiness, they're hugging. And then soon, next thing you know, Braden Barry, I think it was the first pitch he saw. First pitch. Yeah. And he sent it out into left field. So, de- again, definitely needed for the Mountaineers. And even though they weren't able to complete the sweep, I'm glad that they got the series win. But yesterday, that third game was just kind of off for them. I mean, that base is loaded. Grand slam in the really early, like I want to say the second inning, it was just not good for them at all. Yeah, um, for the Mountaineers, like you talked about, that grand slam to really get – the scoring going for Xavier going up 4-1 early. That'll be a little bit of a – that's tough to come back from, especially you – know, you've won, yeah, yeah, you've won the first two. You come out and you score in the first. You, you're feeling good. And then to have a grand slam put up on you, I mean, that struggles. They were able to get a run back uh, in the next inning, in the third inning. So kind of cut into that lead. And then you get another two-run homer. So it was really just – home runs, big plays for Xavier. Uh, West Virginia from the plate wasn't terrible. I mean, they had seven hits. They were able to get uh, ten walks as well, only struck out six times. It was just it was the big play, the big plays for Xavier that won them that third game. The bad thing is, like, West Virginia left 13 on bases, and Xavier only had five. So, you know, I said it in the beginning of the season, leaving having people left on bases in those big situations – like, you had runners in scoring position yesterday, and they weren't able to produce anything. So just seeing that's kind of deflating, and I think that's where one of their main problems lie with having runners in scoring yeah. position or even bases loaded, as we saw yeah, we've, you know, we've seen that a couple a bunch games of times. ago. You know, you have bases loaded, one out, and no runs are able to be produced at all. Yeah, we saw the Hofstra series, especially that first game. Uh, they lose 4-2, to two, but... You know, having the bases loaded there in the bottom of the ninth inning had added some drama, but you're not able to get anything out of it. 
granted there were two outs in that situation but then heading over the next day next day brian and i were at that game on the call um twice they had the bases loaded with nobody out uh in both times they were only able to get one run out of that uh situation so a problem that we have seen over the last week or so with this mountaineers team you know not the worst problem to have because they are getting people on base which is usually the harder part uh and they have shown through their crazy offensive run that they had at one point that they can drive in runs better than anyone so i mean this mountaineers team being able to win this xavier series we we kind of talked about if they can get two out of these three you know that that's an ideal situation i don't think anyone was really looking for a sweep i mean obviously you want that and especially after winning the first two you really you know let's sweep them let's get out of here there were like a lot of people because you know when i when on saturday when i was near them you know after their win Maisie talked to them in a group and he said you know let's go for the sweep tomorrow like yep. and all the guys were pumped up they wanted to win yesterday yeah. but if you were there like i was talking about this with tanner it just it seemed like nobody wanted to be there right like, yeah it's just... it wasn't like the crowd wasn't as big which i'm surprised about because it was better weather yesterday than yeah. it was on Saturday. Yeah, Saturday, Saturday was, crowd was really big. Saturday was super windy, and yesterday there was a slight breeze. You know, the sun was out. Like it was a really nice day. I don't know why. You know, Sunday baseball, one o'clock, really sunny. You know, nice day. I don't see why people wouldn't want to come there, but it just seemed like they're kind of like over it at that point. Which that can't be the mentality that you have because you need to be all there for. Every game of the series, it doesn't matter, you know, if you already won the series, you have to be all there for it. But I also think that we kind of glossed over Blaine Traxel pitching his fourth complete game of the year so far. Yeah, and no, he's even, been fantastic. He hasn't even hit, we haven't even hit conference play yet. So him pitching his fourth complete game, which is more than he did in his entire career at his previous school, Cal State Northridge. He pitched, I want to say, three complete games his whole career there. And he's pitched four already. He has such control in his pitching. Like, you know, he gave up two home runs. They were, you know, um, single home runs, you know, not anything significant. But he was able to kind of corral it, come back down, and finish the game out. Which, again, Maisie has been looking for pitchers that to add to his rotation that he can rely on. And Blaine Traxel has definitely proven himself to be Maisie's go-to at this point. Yeah, Traxel in Saturday's game, uh, like you said, pitched a full inning, only letting up two earned runs, uh, only walked three batters, which I think is pretty impressive when you're pitching a whole game, with seven strikeouts as well. He did hit one batter. Um, but for a complete game, like that's something that you just don't really see that often anymore. And you talked about it, his fourth one, he's now 5-1 and one on the season as the starting pitcher. He's just been fantastic for this Mountaineer squad. And like you said, we're not even in conference play yet. So being able to throw him in uh, during these weekend series in a must-win game, you know, you kind of you lose the first one, you're able to throw him out there maybe for a second one, even the series back up will be huge for this Mountaineers team. Um, they will travel – or no, they stay home, excuse me, for Marshall. They will host in-state rival Marshall tomorrow in Mon County Ballpark before starting conference play – for a weekend series down in Kansas to take on the Wildcats of Kansas State starting Friday. And then on their way back up, they will play a second game against Marshall after that series next Wednesday. And then conference play home opener will be April 7th for a weekend series 
against the Jayhawks of Kansas. So conference play just around the corner here next weekend. Before you know it, it will be conference play. Unfortunately, they will not open up at home, but we've had a pretty long homestand here. We've really got to watch this Mountaineer team play. Well, I think coming into conference play, like like you said, you know, Kansas coming into town in April, That's I think that's Easter weekend. So having a really good matchup Easter weekend, like – you don't want to miss that. Like I think that's really setting the tone for the Mountaineers to see how are they going to perform against a conference team at home in kind of the beginning of April, like when things start really getting serious. Like this is the time, you know, they missed the tournament last year, so they're really gunning for something right now. Like they definitely want a bid in the tournament this year, and I think it all starts at home as well. I mean, they have a really great – record on the road right now and their home record is also pretty good i believe they only have two losses at home so i think you know that kansas series is really gonna set the tone for what the seat the rest of the season will be i'm not glossing over the kansas state series on the road because that's also equally as important but being in front of your home crowd during conference play that's what sets the precedent for the rest of the season and what people can expect from the team I mean, the team has already shown that they are a powerhouse when it comes to offense and pitching, mainly. So they need to really show people, you know, this is what we're about. We're serious about this, and we can um, have this go through conference play. Yeah, Marshall, uh, or I should start with West Virginia, I guess, is 18-6 and six on the season thus far, 10-4 and four on the road, 7-2 and two at home. Uh, like I said, they'll be taking on Marshall in a split uh, two-game series there, as they will that will be split with the Kansas State series. Uh, Marshall eleven and ten on the season, but then Kansas State, very good team so far, seventeen and eight. You know, we kind of talked about those more southern teams, how, how you know they get off to some hot starts there with their warmer weather. However, like you said, when we host Kansas over Easter weekend, that should be a good series. For the Mountaineers, as Kansas is only eight and fourteen, um, including two and nine on the road this far. But you know, once you get into Big Twelve play, anything can happen. Uh, but you know, we'll kind of jump over real quickly to another thing I just thought of for West Virginia women's basketball, um, and that is uh, there is still no head coach, which is I, I don't know what you guys' thoughts are on that. Um, what is happening? We're almost out two weeks now, I believe. And I was going to say because they're going to like recruiting is a big. Obviously big for any team, but especially for a team, you don't know what players are going to go where. If they're going to stay, you don't know what's going to happen. Like, obviously, you don't know who the coach is going to be. So, obviously, it's it's interesting. I mean, I think it shows, like, you know, they're putting a lot of thought into it. They want to bring in the right person because I think, this, like, the, the whole situation with Coach P was just, you know, shocking to everyone, I feel like, especially, like, us and just part of the media and whatnot. So, um, you know, just, just as someone who's followed, you know, West Virginia women's basketball closely last season – you know, it's definitely something interesting, and you know, I think you'd hope to see that they narrow down their candidates pretty soon. I mean, I think that's anyone would say that. So, yeah, I mean, we were interested to see how Ren Baker would handle. You know, this is his first hire that he's had yeah. to make here, and it's a pretty big one having to replace a program that is used to success. So, being able to keep that success is something that this West Virginia fan base is really looking for. And you know, to me, I don't. It, I mean, it's a shame that you miss out on these opportunities. But I think for his first hire, I think it's a good thing that we've seen so far. Him doing his his uh, you know his due diligence and taking that time 
really looking for it. And he, he kind of talked about it in that press conference saying it's going to be a nationwide search. Like he's going to go out and he's going to find who he believes will be the best fit in the program. And if that's taking a little bit, I mean, it's going to take a little bit. And, yeah, you're going to miss out on maybe a recruit or two. You might miss out on a transfer or two that decides somewhere else before you bring in a head coach. But, you know, I think this is a good look into the future for West Virginia to see, okay, what is Ren, Break, Ren Baker excuse me, bringing uh, this Mountaineer University in terms of hires? And, I mean, it's not the worst thing in the world. I think it's he's not settling, which is something that I think a lot of people are, you know, if there's going to be a positive out of this. That is one thing, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I hope that obviously I hope, you know, JJ comes back cause she was, I believe our leading scorer or whatever, right behind Matt, Maddie Smith. Um, so maybe, you know, whatever, you know, like the coaching, whoever they hire is going to make, it will have an impact if, you know, JJ and the other players decide to stay. So that's something that'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, but yeah, I think he's, he's going to like coach Pete. That's, that's a tough, that's a tough place, tough place to, you know, uh, tough person to replace. Cause you know, you make the tournament your first year with players who, you know, were like not really your own players and just in terms of they were there before you came. So bec- that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. And I think he's going to, yeah, as you say, he's going to do his due diligence. So, you know, I'm all in, I think, I think he's going to make the right decision. So I'm just interested to see like how much longer, you know, cause I feel like it's gotta be pretty soon where they narrow down the candidates. I think he's being methodical about it. I mean, this is something like, you know, you thought you had a coach locked in for a few years. So I didn't think that, you know, I don't think that he was like, okay, I'm going to have to look for a new women's basketball coach in my first few months at West Virginia. Um, But I think it's definitely smart that they haven't been rushing anything. I know, you know, it's kind of frowned upon when you said, you know, it's two weeks already removed from the entire situation. Nothing has been announced. Um, I don't think that's a bad thing, necessarily. Um, just because you don't want to rush it. You don't want to pick somebody who you're like, okay, we need somebody. I'm going to pick whoever I think of first. Like, that's not what you want done because then you don't know how your program is going to go. I know there's been a lot of people who wanted um, certain coaches picked. I think there was, like, a women's another women's coach. Yeah, I think a high was school. signed at Marshall. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of people wanted her. I'll get her name in a second. Um, a lot of people wanted her to come to Morgantown, weren't able to get her. She went over to Marshall. Um, I honestly really don't know who they would kind of go to for this, but like you said, it's nationwide search. It's going to come out. I'm pretty confident it should come out before the semester is over. I mean, you can't head into the summer it, it without absolutely should be a yeah. Pick. yeah yeah especially you know once once things really get going. I mean, the transfer portal right now is heating up and it's going to reach its peak pretty soon with you know girls looking to visit other universities and colleges and looking to see where they want to go um i mean you saw that in the men's program there they hosted uh the name is blanket on me right now the arizona guard transfer uh, oh i know over this past weekend is that care that sounds right um brian's looking it up for us yeah it's uh care carissa yeah. Yeah. Is that how you yeah. pronounce his last name? That's how. Yeah, I don't know. If, I'm pretty sure that's how you say it. Yeah, but um, you know, it, it the the transfer portal is something that I mean, we could get into that with the whole NCAA tournament and what we've witnessed as the final four for the men's is set. Um, it's been wild. I mean, last wow. year we saw the transfer portal, uh, and everyone thought, okay, this is. I think originally NIL transfer portal, all that the takes around it was these blue blood programs. 
are just going to stay like the rich are going to get richer and that's how it's going to be and we saw that a little bit last year as a final four of unc duke kansas and villanova everyone was like all right here we go and um i don't think anybody anybody no. and if you say you had this final four yeah. you're lying i think they said there was only like 20 brackets yeah i think it was like 30 i think espn posts like 37 of their 20 million or something like yeah. that but um, i was i was kind of thinking about it so obviously you know the whole year 37 you know obviously west virginia in the big 12 but like everyone was like talking about how like the big 12 was the best conference which it was definitely in the regular season like you can't there's no debate but like i'm just thinking do you think it was like you know the team just got worn down at the end of the season just because the regular season was so grueling I don't know if that's part of it. So I saw something yesterday after the Miami-Texas game, and people were bashing Texas. Oh, you're supposed to be this elite school. You're supposed to be an elite basketball program. You say you're in the best conference in the country. If you think about it, and I'm not bashing any other conference, but Miami is in the ACC, correct? Yeah. So it's not as, like, their schedule isn't as rigorous as Big 12. Somebody was like, you know, Imagine playing Texas 18 times in a season. Like, that's what the Big 12 is. Yeah. And and Texas probably just was over it at that point, and that definitely contributed to them losing. Yeah, because they ran out of gas against Miami. There's only so much you can do, and Miami, fresh legs. You know, they're playing against a team who, yeah, Texas is a little bit scary. I mean, Mm -hmm. who isn't scared of a Texas or Kansas program? In the country, yeah, I mean Texas definitely exceeded expectations in terms, obviously, with their coaching, yep. their coaching situation. Like, and they made the Elite Eight, which was the first time since like 2008, maybe something like that. So, like, oh, I, I don't know what the exact date was, but off the top of my head, but like Texas, they had a good season. And um, I, like, when we talked about March Madness before, uh, like it, before it all started, like me, uh, Tanner Lambert, we both said we actually both had Miami in our Final Fours, which was pretty interesting, but. Uh, Honestly, I think a fun matchup. I, honestly, I think either way the game's going to be fun. But seeing, like, San Diego State's defense, if they matched up with UConn's, like, offense, I think that would be a really fun game to see. Because UConn averages, like, 17 assists per game, and they shoot well. They're well coached. Like, Dan Hurley is, I mean, arguably one of the better coaches in the country. Um, but, yeah, it's kind of funny because, as I said, like, you know, the whole entire year you're hyping up these conferences, rightfully so, because the regular seasons are very competitive. And for it to be, you know, Florida, Atlantic, and San Diego State on one side, Miami and UConn on the other, I think it's only fitting for this season because we said all year, like, there was never really a top team. Like, yeah, you had your teams like Kansas, uh, you know, like Alabama, like those teams, but you just didn't know what to expect. And this is the year really, like, I mean, it's, it's kind of crazy how it played out. They're all No top three seeds in the Final Four, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean, I'm not really one that buys the whole NCAA, like, you kind of wear each other out just because you have almost a whole week going into the tournament to play your games. And then everyone's on the same footing as well as, you know, you play your two, get a couple days, play your two, get a couple days. Um, So like at this point in the tournament, it really just comes down to like, who's the hotter team right now? Who experience plays a factor in this because, you know, this lights just keep getting brighter and brighter the further into the tournament you go. Um, So I definitely think it is a little bit of a disappointing, uh, fairing here for the big 12 here's something uh college basketball report tweeted out the records for the power six because i know it's power five but in college basketball you have the big east there that kind of makes it a power six so the records against power six competition in the tournament the pac-12 came in last with a record of one and two against the other power six opponents in fifth was the big 10 four and seven fourth big 12 at 500 there five and five 
uh, with 10 games. The SEC was the only other team with 10 games. They finished second, six and four. ACC four and three, and the Big East at number one at four and two. Yeah. And the Big East has had a really good tournament. Um, you know, you see some of their top squads. You saw Xavier uh, make it to the well, Sweet Marquette 16. Lost early, but you I saw Marquette, I Marquette was going to be. I thought they were going to make a run, but um, Shaka Smart, he's a good coach. They just kind of got outplayed. But, yeah, I mean, the Big East definitely. Yeah, they almost UConn had two did. teams. I yeah. mean, Creighton on the other end, Creighton, other side yeah. of the bracket was um, almost a foul call away, away yeah, um, which, I mean, we could jump right into that. Anissa, did you see that foul on the Creighton-San Diego State game? No, I saw, like, the recap, like, the yeah, one-point differential. We were watching like, it. It was, yeah. it was people were, like, I mean, me and Mouse were talking about it before we got here, but, like, you know, people complain about a game being so decided like that. You don't like seeing it like that, how it ended. But then just don't – that's a foul. That's a foul. Yeah, like, like every time. It's a It's a soft foul. Like, don't get me wrong. I mean, it kind of takes me back – you know, I told Brian right away. Like, yeah. it takes me back to the Super Bowl a little bit. Like, <laughs> like saying you don't want officials to call light calls in the end of games because you don't want to see it end like that gives defenses, like, advantages. Yeah. Like, yeah. if you know that you can get away with calls, like, light calls – eventually where do you draw the line like defense are gonna be like okay i can put my hands on somebody late in the game more than i can early in the game when i'm not allowed because it's late in the game like what is the offense supposed to do about that does the offense get away with more travels late in game like i I mean i also thought the game was pretty well officiated and also like a game like that i mean creighton shot two for 17 from three like games like that yeah you look at the final play but it's really more than just that one foul call like it's hard to win i mean obviously san diego state didn't shoot amazing but it's going to be hard to win any game if you're shooting 11% from three, just in general. And that's – got to like, San Diego State's defense is – that's arguably the reason they're here is because of their defense. Obviously, you know, down the stretch they made plays offensively. Um, but, yeah, that's why I, I, I think that San Diego State-UConn matchup would be fun. But, I mean, who, who hates an underdog story with FAU? But, to be fair, FAU was definitely underseeded. Yeah, we were kind of talking about that. Yeah. They – had what thirty wins on the season? Thirty-one and three, maybe or something. Yeah, like thirty-one that. and three. Um, they win seat. their conference tournament. Ken Palm had them rated higher. I don't have exactly what it was right now. Um, then a bunch of four and five seats. Like they had a higher Ken Palm rating than Virginia, than your Miami. I think they were right there with Gonzaga. Um, they were up there, you know, ratings wise with teams yeah. like that. It doesn't make and they sense get, to me though. And how- they get the. Yeah. They draw the nine seed there because of their weak conference play. But when Gonzaga, like Gonzaga, they have no problem ranking. Gonzaga, I, I will say one thing with Gonzaga is Mark Few makes sure that their out of conference yeah, is yeah, that's insane. True. I he, mean, he's they don't really coach. have. It's like their out of conference is their in conference yeah. play because it's just so tough. And I'm also a fan of Greg Marshall too at Creighton. Like I like, his, I like, I just like him as a coach. So it kind of stinks, you know, that you, when you're that close, that's just a you know tough way to go out for sure i think it's more saying something that saint mary's was ranked as high as they were Mm -hmm. but fau couldn't yeah because like saint mary's they play in the same conference conference against zaga they beat i'm pretty sure they beat gonzaga this year like that's a good win but they lost but then they're out of conference is weak like everything else is kind of in line with fau's a little bit and fau with a better record better ken palm ranking Mm -hmm. better um efficiencies things like that you dive into the analytics of it they're ranked better in almost everything and they draw a nine seed to St. Mary's five like it it the seeding for this tournament people are kind of complaining about it now and I think you know it is a big story with how wide open everything's been like there are teams that are saying if we could have been seeded one spot higher gotten a different location like it's been a tournament of matchups rather than you know how good you are and drawing a short straw has hurt some teams that you know could have gone on these runs because we're seeing this is the craziest final four that we've ever had there's no 
one, two, or three seats. It's the first time ever. It's the first time yeah. that no one seed has ever made it out of the uh, Sweet uh, 16. 16. Like it's it's been a wild yeah. tournament, and it's been super exciting to watch. Um, even crazier about the Final Four. So top 100 recruits on each Final Four roster. UConn has six. Miami has five. Uh, SDU has two, and FAU has zero. Yeah. Like that—that's wild to yeah. think about. It. To be a team in the Final Four and you don't have a single a top 100 recruit on your team. Yeah, the shows that. Yeah. Also, one thing I just wanted to say. Obviously, they lost, but like, just as a fan, a basketball fan, I'm, I'm sad. Kansas State. Just like. Yeah, I was just about to bring. Marcus yeah. Noel. He put on a show. Like especially against Michigan State. Like every pass was like a movie. Like every time, and he's always on the. Like it was on the. He threw it perfectly every time. Like half court lobs. Just it was so fun to watch him play. And you know, fifth year senior. It's just kind of sad knowing that he's not gonna. His college career is done. Yeah. He um, was so fun to watch. You talked about that Michigan State game. NCAA tournament record, 19 assists 19. in a game but with 20 like points 19, to go with it. I feel like all 19 assists were like, I was like, wow, every time. Literally. Especially yeah. in the second yeah, half. He's, it's at 5 8. And he also he shoots it from like half court. Yeah. And makes against it. FAU, he put up 30 points. Yeah. 12 assists. Like, he's, a, he's definitely, yeah. I can't even explain it. Like, when he came to Morgantown. When, in the second K-State, half, oof. Like, Crazy. when he threw it up, like, half court, we were like, no way. Absolutely no way is it hitting. And every single time, it hit. No rim, nothing. It just went straight yeah. through. Like, we were all, like, up in arms. We were yeah, like, no way this exactly. dude is throwing these up right now. But it's just, like, it was heartbreaking, like, watching the camera guys, like, go over to the Kansas yeah. State bench. And He's know, such she, an easy guy to root for, too. You know, yeah. some of the guys had, like, their jerseys over their heads because they were so upset, which, honestly, if they would have – one more possession. Yeah. If they would have been able to draw a foul, they would have tied it up. They would have gone into overtime. And losing Keontae Johnson to the foul, fouling out is yeah. That he didn't was, have the greatest yeah. game, but he's. A, I mean, you need your best player. He got, he was in foul trouble so early in yeah. the game. It's just he's hard to get in the rhythm. rhythm. Yeah. It's. I mean, it was tough to watch, but I mean, that's. I mean, I'm seeing Gonzaga fans talk about UConn being like, oh, if Drew Timmy doesn't get in foul trouble, that like, it's a total different game. Part of the game is staying out of foul trouble. Yeah. Like that's, you know, that's part, of being, that's part of that's part of being that's part of being a good Gonzaga. team. Yeah. Ran, run off the court. Yeah, by like thirty. But yeah, I mean, so. Drew Timmy. He, I mean, he didn't really play as much. No, as Timmy he can could, come back next year. He has another year. I'm seeing. It doesn't look like he's going to, but he could come back. That's his yeah, his reaction was. I think it's time to hang it up, man. Yeah, I, I think yeah. Like, you got to hang it up. I mean, but also like if you're in his case, like I don't know, you know, he's it does, like just looking at mock drafts, doesn't look like he's going to get drafted. Um, so maybe he comes back. Maybe he transfers too. I mean, I don't know if he would transfer, but I mean, I don't know. Like where are you gonna transfer to? Like Gonzaga is one of the top programs in the country. Well, uh, well, I mean, we've seen like uh, some like remember like Matthew Meyer. He, yeah. He, like we've seen guys trans just for a new scenery, you know, expand your game. Like Jalen Bridges too. Uh, like sometimes it's just like, you need a new uh, environment. Okay, well that wasn't you know? the top program to a top program. It was a power. It was like a. I mean, West Virginia is like for basketball. It's up there. Yeah, but he transferred after a year where they were. <laughs> well below 500. I'm just, saying, I'm just saying we've seen players transfer from like it's not like you have to transfer to like an upgrade or a downgrade you know yeah I mean technically transferring is for other things than sports I mean that's why they get away with being able to play <laughs> I mean yeah. I mean you can say what you want about that but <laughs> technically yeah. I guess you know you're transferring for academic reasons yeah. is what you is what you put on the little piece of paper but um I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to say whether that's. I'm sure some. I'm cases... just saying. I, I'm. Not, I don't think I can't see him. I honestly just can't see him in another jersey. But like, we've seen stuff like that happen. 
I think he's been so loyal and so important to Gonzaga's history that transferring to another school well, maybe won't, transfer to won't Mary, fully right? damage that. That would be crazy. Yeah. <laughs> won't fully damage that, but it will yeah. take a little piece out of Gonzaga's heart, yeah. I think, if well. they see him playing in a different jersey in his last year. Is that part of the game, though? Yeah, it's part I mean, of college sports now. Yeah, it yeah. is part of college sports now, but... I mean, just to stay for, what, five years he's been there now? So it would be his sixth year? because he gets the COVID year right now. Um, Yeah, but you got to go where you think you're going to be the most successful. You can't just stay somewhere because – I mean, he's been pretty successful at Gonzaga. He's one of the – I mean, they're top – one of the top historic programs the last oh, yeah. 20, 30 years, and he's been – Last 10 years, I mean, I know you, you know people knock on their conference play and whatnot, but, like, you, more often than not, they make the Elite Eight. They made the yeah. championship not too long ago. Yeah, like, like people – It's just because they haven't won a championship yet. That's why people, you know, also like – and also, like, the year with Chet, I think when they were the heavy favorites where they lost relatively early. But, like, I mean, we've, we see that stuff happen all the time. Like, it doesn't really mean you're a bad team. And, like, March Madness, it comes down to who's ever hot. Sometimes you're just not in that rhythm. Like, Purdue was the, is the, has the tallest guy in the country, and they played the shortest team in the country. In the Average country. height is 6'1". Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Crazy, and tallest guy was six six. Yeah, and it's 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 crazy. It's just crazy how it plays out. It really comes down. Sometimes it really just comes down to. I was telling Mount yesterday. It comes down to like such fundamental stuff like off- offensive rebounding. You know, fifty fifty balls, and really just making shots. Obviously, too, because you know there when Purdue could make a shot against FDU, and FDU just obviously ran away with it. Well, not ran away with it, but took care of business. So. That's the stuff it comes down to. So I'm just hoping these games are like close. Yeah, I don't want to see another UConn Gonzaga game where it's a 30 point blowout. I mean, looking at it's not like you have a one seed going up against the nine seed. Like it is, you have high seeds in the final four, but all of them are kind of higher seeds in the yeah. final four. So like, I mean, maybe balance it out a little bit. And we're talking, yeah, FAU is currently a nine seed, but which they've never won. Actually, a five seed and a nine seed have never won. There's two five seeds and a nine. So. um UConn would be the only team, if they were to win it, that would basically not have any firsts because the other three teams have never won um, And UConn has an national championship. Yeah. UConn has an national championship. This is already a first for the last three teams uh-huh. uh, making the final four. Like Those uh, other three teams have never done that. A five seed has never won, and a nine seed has never right. won. So as long as UConn doesn't win, there's a new seed that has won. I believe one, two, three, four, six, seven. Yeah. Eight? I don't know. I don't think eight has. I think it's just six they've and seven. Made, I know they've made it. Yeah, I'm won. pretty sure just Uca- oh, UConn wait, won it as a seven have, seed. They they might. I feel like an eight seed might have. I don't know. UConn or UNC made it last year as an eight seed. Yeah. Uh, I know six and seven have won it. UConn won it as a seven. Uh, oh, in, the, in 1985, Villanova was an eight seed. And they won it? They won okay, it. so then, yeah, an eight seed, but a nine seed, I believe, if you want to double check me on that one. Oh, uh, nine seed? No, they're, they're, uh, FAU would be the first nine seed. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, UConn would be the only team to win it that would take away all of these. Yeah, but it would be crazy if FAU won, like, won it all. That would be just crazy. Just FAU. A, that, I just be, I'm just saying, not in terms of, like, I don't think they can't win it. I'm just saying, like, if you're going to tell me before the year we, we go through all this, for you know, the school like FAU wins it, that's just, it's just crazy. Has a mid-major ever won it? Mid major, I'm. Sh- I feel like because like, I don't count like I mean Gonzaga is still number one, but like I don't yeah. count them. Um, I count their conference as a mid major. I don't count them as a mid major. Uh no mid major ever. Nah, that's the um, BYU. No, that's football. Oh, that's yeah. the BCS. Yeah. Uh, let me see. Yeah, so, no, yeah, it's still football again. Yeah, I don't know why. Uh, 
I don't I don't think so. Doesn't look like it, no. Oh, are you UNLV? Yeah. Okay, so then, yeah, if UNLV made it. I mean, they were a powerhouse yeah, I was back say, then, they were, too. Yeah, they were, but, yeah, I mean, they I guess that, that is a mid-major there. Mm-hmm. So, UNLV, I think they have a couple. Is that their only one, or do they, they have a couple of championships? Because they were a powerhouse yeah, back when in When they that, were running, what was that team called? Running Rebels? I think so. Yeah. Uh, they were the team that brought, like, the alley-oops and stuff to college yeah. basketball, made that fun, the mm-hmm. press, all of that. They, I think they only have one. Wow. Okay. But the, I mean, they were. I would. I, I. They're a mid major because. Yeah. Because they're in. Uh, what's that conference called? I don't know off the top of my head. It's a weak one. Yeah. It's a weak one. They are. Yeah, Mountain West. Okay. So they're with uh, San Diego. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. So they're in that one. So San Diego State or wouldn't even be the first team in their conference to win a tournament. No. Nah. But I mean, I, I don't think they care about that. It'd be their first school one. But. I don't know. I mean, we could talk Final Four a little bit more on Friday as well because we can make our picks then and mm-hmm. hopefully have a full crew here uh, as their Saturday and National Championship Monday night. So a little preview mm-hmm. on that next week on Monday Beat the Clock. But uh, going over to the other side, the women's tournament, I mean, Caitlin Clark, where do you even start? I said like, that is, she's probably the most electric player in just college in college basketball. Men's or maybe, maybe in college sports right now. Like, she is – She's Steph Curry. Like yeah. you, she pulls up on like on like uh, breakaways or transitions and makes it every time. It feels like every time. Like she, it was really must see TV. She recorded the first thirty point triple double last night, and then was like, you know what? I'm gonna top it off and get to forty. So the first thirty point triple double, as well as now the first forty point triple double in men's or women's NCAA tournament history. She put up forty one points, ten rebounds, twelve assists, three steals, had eight threes. Um. I just shot 58% from the field. Yeah, it's efficient. 57% from three. Like It's a cheat code. Like, <sighs> I don't know how she does it. Like I, I, like It's just crazy because, like, I mean, 40 points on 57% is just insane. Insane. It, it's, it's like it's must-see TV. It's must-see like, TV. if you have not tuned in to Caitlin Clark, you have to go do it. I believe, what is she? She is a junior. So, oh, she has a whole other year? Yeah, she has a That's whole other year that we'll get to watch her. Um, currently, I was a two seed. They won yesterday to make the mm-hmm. Final Four. They beat uh, five seed Louisville. Um, then LSU on the other side beat Miami, the nine seed, and a little Cinderella run there as they knocked off number one seed Indiana last week. Two games to be played tonight, though. One seed versus the two seed South Carolina-Maryland and one seed Virginia Tech three-seed Ohio State. Um, I don't quite want to get move on from Caitlin Clark just yet because what she's done is fantastic. This season alone, in a 36-game played, she averages 27 points, seven boards, a little over eight-and-a-half assists, a little over a steal-and-a-half per game. Shoots 39% from three while taking about nine attempts per yeah. game. It's crazy. And like also, it's, they also have that – I don't want to say the name, but uh, Monica – Sinano, I don't know, but she's they they have other players who also score, which makes them scary. But I mean, Caitlin Clark, she does like everything on the court. On the court, she rebounds, she facilitates the ball, she shoots at an efficient rate. Like if she's putting up forty point triple doubles, I, 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 there's no reason they can't beat South Carolina if they if that's a team they match up with in the championship. It's, it, it, I don't want to assume things that they even win their final four matchup, but if she's doing that, I mean, nobody can really beat them. Yeah, I mean it's. I don't even have the words to put yeah. on what she's doing. She's literally – to be able to create um, for others 
is huge for this Iowa team because, like you said, they have so many other scores around her. Mm-hmm. And you have to guard her the moment she steps across half court. Yeah. Like, if you are not in her face when she's she crosses half court, she will take one dribble and just pull up. And it goes in okay. 39% of the time. <laughs> like, it's. it's we got to recruit for the U92ers, man. We got to recruit. Oh, dude. Yeah, that'd it's, be crazy. You know, we got to get on bringing the West Virginia. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's tempting to be like, hey, come play for the Coliseum. Yeah, you know, yeah, two seat Iowa. Yeah. Yeah. Those yeah, games, two that, seat those Iowa. Games, that, that, that atmosphere would be fun. Dude. I go to all the games for sure. She's yeah, no, that'd, oh, be, that'd be fun. Dude, it's what I'm saying. If like I'm just dreaming, if if she, what? I'd be at every game, man. I mean, I mean it's like watching Steph yeah. Curry. Like it's she's that good. Like this is the most electrifying player in all of college sports right now, and it is unbelievable to yeah. watch. I mean, there's not much to disagree with there. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited. I I think that matching up with Ohio State, if Ohio State beats Virginia Tech, I mean, obviously Iowa State. Took care of business in the Big Ten championship, but I mean, conference games in the in the uh, you know in the uh, in the tournament are usually really close, competitive because you've, you you kind of know what to expect. Like you just play team, you play that team a lot, probably at least three, maybe that might be your third or fourth matchup. So it's going to be fun to watch, man. And you know, I'm excited to see how that how that women's you know bracket plays out. So, what would your ideal Final Four be for the women? Um. Well, who LSU is on one side. LSU is the winner of South Carolina, Maryland, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, LSU has the winner of Virginia Tech, Ohio State. Okay, so okay. Iowa oh, has okay. the winner of. Yeah. So then we'd get that. That's what I thought. South oh, Carolina yeah. would get Iowa. If we got a South Carolina Iowa game, I mean, it's hard because I've seen, I've watched South Carolina play, and they electric. Like, yeah, all around. They're one tough of those to, teams. They were undefeated in their season. Like they. I think they like pulled it up so over LSU, like because I, mean, I don't think anybody was kind of expecting that. Um, to, for them to beat LSU, yeah, I think they were like in the favorites. conference. I, I think hope LSU loses their game. Um, but I watched also South Carolina against I think Ole Miss, one of those games, and it went into overtime. So Ole Miss really gave them a run for their money. I mean, every yeah. team's going to have that. I mean, they're thirty-five and zero um, against the two-seed Maryland. What do you think the line for the game is? How many points are they favored by? It's a one-two matchup in the Elite Eight. How many points are they favored by? Eight and a half? Twelve. Twelve? Fourteen and a half points. Did you see the line for their first game against Norfolk State? Thirty-six and a half. I, I thought it was forty-five and a half points. Oh, I took a guess. I, I, I was, it was forty-five and a half points. <laughs> that crazy. is the... By a one-two matchup, I mean, Maryland's having a good year, too, so I'm kind of... South Carolina right. is just that... Like, like yeah, Boston, Alaya Boston, she's really good. Like they got, but they got a lot. That's the thing; they got a lot of. They, they have a lot of everything on that team. That's why, even if they match up with Iowa, you know, LSU and the cha- uh, or whoever it is they play in the championship, if they get there, I don't want to assume it, but uh, they, they. I don't know if anyone can really you know beat South Carolina. Just all around, I don't know. Yeah, imagine like that Norfolk State matchup. They won by thirty-two points. Imagine saying we won by thirty-two points, yeah. but we didn't cover. <laughs> Or imagine losing by 32 points and being like, hey, we covered. <laughs> hey, good teams win. Great teams cover. Hey, I mean, I, I guess South Carolina is not great. I, I don't win by 32 points. <laughs> maybe if they win the championship, great. maybe I, that'd be great. But maybe not. Like, so, it's yeah. just been very – I mean, the four-seed UCLA, they beat by 16 points yeah. there uh, last week. Or I guess, you know, it was – no, it was this weekend. It would have been mm-hmm. probably Saturday. Uh, yeah. They beat them is when they I played. watched the, the LSU game was on Saturday. Wait. When was it? It was one of these days. I, I was think it was Saturday. It. 
they did this like this is interesting they did play maryland their second game of the season at maryland and they won by 25 points who iowa okay. or well, south, south carolina, carolina. Okay. so they do have a maryland matchup too? it was at maryland uh not neutral site it was at maryland stanford the two seed they played this year as well at stanford won by five um so a little bit of a close game there i mean it was stanford they're obviously knocked out they beat uconn by four at uconn uh, so they've had some tough road games yeah. that they've had to play against. That's tough. Um, obviously, beating LSU at home, I watched that one. They ended up winning that one by 24, but it was a little bit closer midway through the first half there. So is it Iowa, the, Iowa and South Carolina the teams you want to see? I think I think that right there would be the most intriguing matchup. Yeah, yeah like for sure. for sure. I mean, I wish we could get that in the national championship, but yeah. I mean, Caitlin Clark going against – you know, Coach Staley and that South Carolina team. It's, yeah. I mean, yeah, she's I mean, awesome. Coach yeah, Staley is awesome. No, yeah, I mean, she's. Yeah, she's I, I love. I love waiting for it to see her game day fit every yeah. every game. Yeah, like she was a good player too. I think she yeah. played at Virginia, maybe or something. I don't know what's going off the top of my head, but I usually just guess UConn because I feel like that's where every <laughs> good player. Back, like I think it's. Uh, it might be Virginia Tech. I thought it was a Virginia school. Well, that'd sure. be interesting if they match up with Virginia Tech. I could be wrong though. I, it's, I don't know if it's a Virginia Tech. I think it might be Arizona. Was it I think Arizona? I think I saw her in a uniform, but it was hard to see. Um, yeah, I'm not 100 percent sure off the top of my head. I don't know. Are you looking up where did she play? Uh, oh, Virginia. Oh, it was Virginia. I guess I, okay. Yeah, you said Virginia. Um, but yeah, so that that'll be a, a fun matchup because it's funny because like it looks like like in recent years like UConn was a team that pe- like people had trouble with because they're always they're always good and you know obviously well coached with Gino. And, what not? So it's it's cool seeing like obviously South Carolina has always been good, but it's cool seeing like it's kind of similar to the men's, just different names. I mean, yeah, it's like for women's, it's more this season. It's more of like you know the 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 big schools, but you know, I, I it, it's it's going to be fun to see who wins it, regardless whether it's Iowa. I mean, I, I personally, I don't want to see LSU win. I, I'm not a fan of LSU. Uh, You're not a big Kim Mulkey fan. Uh, Reese fan. It's more like I just don't like how they the players like are like grittying on the court like during the game. I don't know. I mean, I get it. You know, have fun. It's just, I, I just, I just don't like it. I don't know. No, I mean, have I some fun. It brings I don't some blame spice you. to it. I think it's kind of like Teach uncalled own, for in a sense, which <laughs> yeah. it's across all boards. Like, yeah, I get like so. There's a fine line between celebrating and then and then just like unsportsman like yeah. conduct. But like during the game is just crazy. Yeah, me. that should have yeah. was it. Was there any fouls called on them? Anything? I don't think so. I'm not 100 percent sure. It's kind of crazy. But yeah, I just I, I don't know. I mean, it, it, like yeah, it's 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 I guess funny to watch. I guess for some people. I mean, in the tournament so far, they've been. Yeah, no, they've, I mean, they've yeah, like won. you said, they've been like they they talk the talk, but they've right. also so far they're winning. They're yeah. they're walk, but you know, being a team that talks that much, does those type of things. You have to be ready for it. if yeah. you lose or if they yeah, start yeah, to yeah. go bad. Like they're doing it. Like FAU did the Kansas State, listening to little baby in the yeah, locker room. Yeah, um, after the Kansas which, State. I mean, coach- we can get, we can get into that whole Jerome Tang thing, but I want to talk about. You kind of mentioned UConn. We didn't even mention it. Elite Eight and Final Four streak snapped, and it's yeah. a crazy one. I think it's good because I know like, it, it. I don't brings, mind it. Yeah, yeah, it brings you know you know uh, parity. Like you to, want different teams. You don't want the same yeah. team in it every single year. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying it's. I'm just saying it's more crazy that like. I don't think we really have a fully appreciated what we just w- like saw. Fourteen straight Final Fours, like that's fourteen straight. That's not even like fourteen total. That's fourteen straight. No, it's crazy. It's crazy. There's that's, not even much you could really even say. Like, it's just crazy to have that. 
I mean, 14 years, it's a long time. 16 straight Elite Eights. 16, yeah. Well, yeah, I guess well, that streak's still going. No, because they lost in the Sweet 16. Oh, yeah, Ohio Sweet State. 16. Oh, yeah. I keep forgetting their... Oh, yeah, okay. I still, though. I mean, that's crazy. I really don't even know what to 14 say. Straight. 14 straight. What was their win streak at one point? Like 120 yeah, they games? Had a, yeah, that, that, that like dates back like Brianna Stewart. Like yeah. those teams. That, yeah, UConn. I remember when they lost that. Do you remember that? Do either of you Wait, remember that? was the Mississippi State That game? buzzer beater that beat them? State, right? Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. I remember I was... I was watching that game. Because I got, I got the little ESPN notification saying like UConn in a close yeah. battle. And I was like... My jaw right, dropped. I put it and I was like, they're probably going to pull ahead. Like yeah, whatever. Like, yeah. And they hit that shot, and I was like, oh, No, I remember that. Oh, really? And that, that uh, Agumba Wale on Notre Dame, too. I, was, I, was that that same year? No. That was, uh, that was the next. I think that might have been the oh, next year. No, because UConn lost in the final four, and then I think Notre Dame yeah. played Mississippi State in the final that year. I think. I think. Uh, maybe it was – no, because I thought Agumba Wale had two buzzer beaters in the final four in the national Yeah, so I think Notre Dame maybe, beat I, Mississippi State in the – Yeah. Unless I, if UConn made it to the finals that year. I don't know. All I remember is thinking, you know, how – I mean, not that it was fair to the girls at any point, but how bad most like being on that team that yeah. lost the streak. Like, obviously, like you have the support. I'm sure no, no one in UConn yeah. that started the streak. Anyway, no one's sad about a final at them, yeah. Like, but that's got to be a huge weight that's mm-hmm. you have to you know hold every yeah. time that like you step back on the court. Be like, I, like I was part of the team that lost that streak. You yeah, know? it's it's. I don't know. It's kind of funny how like. A lot of teams would love to make the Sweet 16, but if like a team like UConn, you know, that's just yeah, that's just that's was, just how it is. It was all 11, 111 straight games. That's crazy. Um, it went from twenty fourteen to twenty seventeen. They did not lose a game. Look at the stat I just saw. It says tonight. So I guess when Iowa played is the fifth time this season that Caitlin Clark has scored more points than twenty twenty two Iowa football team did in any of its games. <laughs> that's crazy. That's a stat. That's that's something yeah. if I ever seen one. No, that's crazy. That's crazy. I mean, again, I I don't even know what to say. Their like, highest scoring game was a thirty th- was thirty three points. So the fact that she's outscoring them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. UConn had that one hundred eleven game win streak, like I said, and then um, that was snapped in twenty seventeen. Then last year, they had a streak of. 145 game regular season conference streak come to an end. So they had not lost a conference game in the regular season, not including like post like the mm-hmm. conference tournament, but a regular season conference game. They won 145 straight. That's that's crazy. I mean, that's pure like, dominance. I mean, we're seeing we're seeing UConn slowly start to fade away here a little bit. Yeah. And I mean, don't get me wrong, they're still a powerhouse. They're still a contender to win it every year. But I think now that we're kind of getting towards the end of this dynasty, maybe they've got one or two more in them. I'm sure they'll kick back up at some yeah. point. Because well, they always get top recruits. Yeah, so that, yeah. But, like, what we saw was – I mean, they'll never get to that level again. No. Nobody will ever get to that level again. Like, you, don't, you don't see that. Like, that's just crazy. Three years. That's basically three years. That went streak one. Like, 2014, 2017, you said? Yeah. That was the total wins crazy. of not losing a game. It was three straight national championships of undefeated years. That's crazy. Um, it might have actually been four dating back. Yeah, to the 13-14 yeah. season. Yeah. Um, national championships. Let me look up the women's national championship and hear how many times you hear UConn's name come up. It's it Actually, I see, I'm looking at this. It says um, this is going to be the first women's final four without Tennessee or UConn since 2006. Yeah. Wow. I mean, yeah. Pat Summit was 
had you or Tennessee at that level at yeah. one point. Thousand, she has a thousand, over a thousand career wins too. So yeah, definitely. So South Carolina is looking to go back to back because they beat UConn uh, last year, going thirty-five and two. So they still have that current win streak from whenever they lost their second game of the season. Yeah. They have that win streak going from that point on because they are currently thirty-five and zero right now. Um, Stanford won it the year before, canceled the COVID. Baylor, Notre Dame, South Carolina. So it's been a while since UConn's won one, but then from. 2013 to 2017, they won it. So That's four. Or 2016, because right. oh, they lost in 2017. So they won five in a row. Five, 13, five. 14, oh, 15, yeah, 16. Yeah. Um, and then as well as back-to-back in 2009, 2010. And three in a row, 2002, 2003, 2004. Or four of the last five, because they also won on 2000. Like, it's been crazy. Since 2000, UConn has been... UConn's women's basketball has been the greatest program, greatest dynasty in all sports. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. without it's just it's what it is. It, well, again, like I said before, I'm glad that like you know we're getting said some diversity in these yeah. kind of matchups now. Like, because you get tired of seeing the same names: Duke, UNC, UConn. Like, you want different names. Like yeah. seeing you know jumping over the men's, like seeing FAU, seeing you know San Diego. Like, you want these teams. You don't want... This is Miami's first Final Four, too. Yeah, Yeah. you don't want the same teams every single year because it's boring. Then people don't want to watch it anymore. Mm. So, honestly, it's not really a loss that UConn isn't in the Final Four right now. Yeah, it's just... You know, they haven't won it since 2016, which is kind of crazy to think about. Like, they had two full years of injuries, and... They, you know... I mean, they still... They were without their best player, one of the best players in all of college basketball this year, Paige Beckers. Yeah. She's very electric as well. That that would be that would that would be a fun matchup though. If we, like if those two went against each other too. Yeah, though I mean they'll both be seniors next year. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I think right now, Caitlin Clark is the clear number oh, one yeah. pick next year. Um, oh yeah, but Paige Beckers was she was number one for you know her first couple of she years. That you think okay, yeah, she's yeah. gonna get there. Injuries. How she comes back from that will be interesting. But if she can get back to her level, it'll be. One of the better draft classes probably, mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like the WNBA always has, like, that clear number one just because you get those players all four years. Yeah. Like, you get to see, all right, you, you see them for their majority of their career. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Picking the final four, though, I mean, I, I'd like to see a high state win just because, you know, I mean, I'm currently wearing a high state sweatshirt right now. But yeah, I think, I think that'd be a cool thing to watch. I mean, they play – they might be other than South you Carolina. You seriously don't want Iowa to win, like I'm saying the Ohio State Virginia Tech game, like oh, picking okay. the Final I was Four. Say like overall, you don't want Iowa to win. No, I'd love to see Kevin Clark get one. That However, I mean, it's hard not, not to pick South Carolina. Like, yeah, no, I mean, it's it's I, clear. 